Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, And I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Oh, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. If you're not subscribed on Patreon, you probably don't know that I have extended episodes out every month. And this past month, I did a deep dive on boredom because I've been thinking about my own relationship with boredom and how resistant I am to it, but just how quick I am to numb myself to any sensation of uncomfortability within that boredom. But like with stress, if it's not a chronic issue, It's actually just a feeling, and feelings are there to communicate with us. And when we listen and get curious about what those things are communicating, we can actually work to uncover what that is so we can get to the root of it and nourish that part of us so we don't feel bored, whether that be finding passion, finding novelty, finding your reason or your why, or just making the task more fun in general. But here's the thing, boredom is super nuanced and complicated, so... I wanted to share a preview of my special Patreon episode. If you want the full thing, you gotta subscribe. But here's some of it, because I want to talk about it further as a group. And I figured, why not go into the definition portion together? So without any further ado, enjoy this sneak peek. Today's sources will be linked in the show notes if you're interested, which whatever information isn't personal experience will be coming from Wikipedia, hellolunchlady.com, the Harvard blog, medium.com, the conversation, and the BetterHelp blog. Boredom is extra interesting to me because there's been times in my life when I feel bored in that moment and need it to pass, but I've also experienced overall nihilism, and I think of that as a type of boredom. 
And though my relationship with boredom might be a little different because I do have ADHD, I have found in my research that boredom doesn't necessarily arise from having nothing interesting to do. For example, you can probably remember sitting quietly doing something incredibly boring, objectively, like watching the sunset or a baby sleep. Yet somehow, your brain will be completely content and enthralled in the process. So sitting quietly is not the problem. But if you have to sit quietly in slow-moving traffic or in a particularly uninteresting lecture, the feeling of boredom could become physically painful for some of us. Dr. Ronald Siegel, a psychologist at Harvard Med School, as well as the medical editor for the Harvard Special Health Report, Positive Psychology, says, What makes the difference is whether during a low-stimulation moment, there are unpleasant feelings in the background. Many of us habitually distract ourselves from any unpleasant feeling through entertainment or activities, like checking our phones, watching TV. This is why I spent so much of school doodling or tapping a pen or tapping my feet. But he goes on to say that sometimes when there's little to engage us, the unpleasant feelings bubble into our consciousness. And when we feel something unpleasant, we identify that as boredom. And it's the same feeling I get when I open the fridge, even though I'm not hungry and I know there's nothing to eat, but I just look in there in case something will inspire me. But I feel like the more common version of this is picking up our phone, not actually intending or needing to go check anything in particular. Instead, we're just avoiding that feeling that we get deep down, that we often categorize as boredom but is typically very uncomfortable and not a fun place to stay. That's why so many of us tend towards escapism that isn't healthy, and it's more immediately pleasurable, like drinking or smoking or watching TV or scrolling our phones mindlessly. But I figure before I discuss how to solve deep inherent feelings of boredom and how to embrace it in a more productive way, I should talk about the different usages of the word boredom and what that encompasses within all of the levels of its varying definitions. In conventional usage, boredom, ennui, or tedium is an emotional and occasionally psychological state experienced when an individual is left without anything in particular to do. They may be listless or dissatisfied due to a lack of occupation or excitement or passion and tends to be uninterested in their surroundings or they feel like the day or period is dull or tedious. It's also understood by scholars as a modern phenomenon which has cultural dimensions. There's no universally accepted definition of boredom, but whatever it is, researchers argue, it's not simply another name for depression or apathy. It seems to be a specific mental state that people find to be unpleasant, whether that be due to the lack of stimulation that leaves them craving relief with a host of behavioral, medical, and social consequences, or it covers a more existential and broad feeling of listlessness. According to BBC News, boredom can be a dangerous and disruptive state of mind that damages your health. Yet, research suggests that without boredom, we couldn't achieve our creative feats. In Experience Without Qualities, Boredom and Modernity, Elizabeth Goodstein traces the modern discourse on boredom through literary, philosophical, and sociological texts to find that boredom is at once subjective and objective. 
It's both emotion and intellectualization. It's not just a response to the modern world, but also a historically constituted strategy for coping with its discontents. But in both conceptions, boredom has to do fundamentally with an experience of time, such as experiencing the slowness of time and problems of meaning. If you remember from maybe a year ago, which I think I redid in my remastered series, we discussed this concept of time being subjective. And because so much of psychology and experience and life is subjective, it understandably leads to us and scholars using different definitions, in this case, of boredom. And that complicates research. Boredom has been defined by Cynthia D. Fisher in terms of its main central psychological processes. It's an unpleasant, transient, affective state in which the individual feels a pervasive lack of interest and difficulty concentrating on the current activity. Yet Mark Leary described boredom as an affective experience associated with cognitive attentional processes. Robert Pluchik characterized boredom as a mild form of disgust. In positive psychology, Boredom is described as a response to a moderate challenge for which the subject has more than enough skill. So instead of trying to reduce boredom to one simple definition, we're going to talk about types of boredom. And according to Wikipedia, there are three types of boredom, all of which involve problems of engagement of attention. These include times when humans are prevented from engaging in wanted activity, when humans are forced to engage in unwanted activity, or when people are simply unable, for some other reason, to maintain engagement in an activity. Boredom proneness is a tendency to experience boredom of all types, and recent research has found that boredom proneness is clearly and consistently associated with failures of attention. So boredom and its proneness are both theoretically and empirically linked to depression and similar symptoms. Nonetheless, boredom proneness has been found to be as strongly correlated with attentional lapses as with depression. So although boredom is often viewed as this trivial and mild irritant, proneness to boredom has been linked to a very diverse range of possible psychological, physical, educational, and social problems. And that's all you get for your sexy little teaser. If you want to check out the full 30-minute episode, which includes actionable tips, some more of my personal stories, and a fairly deep dive on all of the classic philosophies revolving around boredom, which genuinely reassured me how common of a problem this has been for so long, you know? Um, anyway, if you want any of that, you can always subscribe on Patreon because I've got tons of bonus content on there and I'm only making more, you know? All right. Anyway, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. 
Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.